presence of God is so sweet right now. I just feel like I want to introduce a friend to you right now who I don't want to shift the atmosphere because I want to stay in this atmosphere of what the Lord's doing. I just believe that there are some things that that as he shares with you for just a minute will just flow with what God's doing in the room. Guys, just take a seat real quick. And uh, my friend Brad Nelson, would you come up here real quick? Would you guys just welcome my friend Brad as he comes forward here? Brad is a missionary uh, to Mexico. And I've had the wonderful opportunity to get to meet him. And, and he and I sat down and had breakfast together. And as as I'm listening to him share his heart, his testimony, and, and his heart for the Indians in Mexico, um, I just began to just to be stirred. And I was like, you know what, this, this guy is like P-Hop DNA. And I recently just got married to his wife, Jenny. If you just stand and give her, yeah. And you're expecting, right? Come on, we're right there. We're in the same boat with you. So come on, brother. We need to get this done. And so, but the, the man oozes Jesus. And I just, I just feel the anointing right now, Brad. I just felt like, man, whatever God wanted to share to you, I, I really felt like he told me not to shift the atmosphere, that what you had to release, man, to do it under this anointing. And I want, you know, the thing that's special here, God brings us missionaries for us to support. We pray for them and we support them. And, and, and th that's the focus. I want us to, you to connect a face to begin interceding and praying. And then we're going to get behind these guys and seek the Lord and figure out how we can be a part of just supporting them and what God's calling to do. But man, just take a moment and just share what, what the Lord's doing in y'all's life and family. Wow. Sometimes when God comes like this, it's almost scary to grab the microphone. Uh, that's the problem in most churches in the United States is that God starts to move and man always has to do something, say something. He grabs the mic and he, he feels like he has a word from the Lord. And, you know, Jesus is the head of the church. We need to give it to him. Step to the side and let him move. And it's, it's the pleasing of man that so much stops the Spirit of God from moving. And it's, it's such a blessing. We've been traveling for the last month and a half, uh, speaking in churches, home groups. And it's almost like your spirit, you just grieve looking at, and I'm not saying the whole, and I'm not, you know, anti-American church. I think there's good people, but... There's so many churches that are just so religious. And you walk in there and there's no life. And you wonder why people start squirming after an hour of sitting there. It's because there's, there's nothing there. There's no life. We need to just let Jesus come. And it's, it's God. God is an all-consuming fire. His heart for us burns 24-7. He sings over us. He delights in us. And we look at the judgment of God in the Bible. And if we really look at it and study it, it's because his heart grieves. In Genesis 6-6, when in the days of Noah, when he took out 
people and just said, I, I, I repented. My heart grieved. My heart's grieved. And that's what's missing in the church is that people are more worried about how they look. And, and, and we're missing the heart, the heart of God. His cry for people. Just a minute ago, I'm from Cantonment, Florida. Yeah, come on. Originally, and I remember we were driving here, me and my wife, and uh, I remember growing up, there was a prostitute. She was called the Cantonment Hooker. And I remember seeing her, and back then I wasn't saved. And just being, you know, and I just remembered her as we were driving here, just, you know, and, and, and now having the heart of God. Then it's just like, you know, you're, you're, I was full of the devil and, you know, ah, look at that, you know. But today I just thought about her and I was like, and my heart just cried, man. I was just like, inside I was just broken. And I wondered, like, did anybody reach out to this girl? Because I remember how she looked like and it was just death. Everybody says, you know, man, I'm glad you're called to Mexico because I'm not. I'm going to be a little stern here about that. And it, I'm not a mean guy. Who are you to say that you're not called? There's, there's a duty, there's a responsibility that we have as a church. First of all, to get the heart of God. Gotta have that. And with that, having the responsibility to reach people like that. I can take you in my pickup truck two to three days of driving. And I can take you to and this ain't getting in a boat and having to cross sea or airplane. This is driving on land. You'll cross the Rio Grande, about the only water, well, maybe some other rivers. And I can take you to thousands of, of, of villages that's never, ever had somebody go in there and tell them about the real gospel. But you can look on the internet and you have these websites that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to name names, that say Mexico's 95% Christian. I publicly challenge that. I'll pay for your trip, I'll pay everything, and I'll drag you through those mountains, crossing rivers, hiking up trails, and I'll show you that's a lie. And that's two, that's two, just two, three days. You, you, I don't think you can get to Oregon in two or three days from here. There's an area down there, it's a state called Guerrero. How many have heard of Guerrero? It's called Guerrero. Not many. How many have heard of Acapulco? <laughs> Acapulco's in that state. But that's all people know is Acapulco, the resort. And this place, I was there. Uh, I was in Mexico from around 1999 to 2006. 
And I came back off the field for certain reasons, and God gave me a wife and gave me a, put me in a team, and just, that's a whole other story. I'm not going to get into that. But this place I was told about, and so to me, you know, Paul said, it's always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. That's always been my ambition. I've always wanted to go to the wherever it is that's the hardest because there's places that are unreached because it's hard. And so this guy told me about this place. He said, go get you some of it. He said, go, there's villages all over the place. So I went, took my pickup truck, put my XR650 dirt bike in the back of it. It's fun going to church on a motorcycle. With boots and jeans, and it's fun. So I hit this road, right? Again, you got to put this in your mind. We can get there in two long days of driving, maybe two and a half, all right? So in Mexico, there's, to me, there's two different mission fields. There's the cities where most of the missionaries are, and then there's these villages in the, with the indigenous people groups. Uh, and it's just two different worlds. It's totally two different worlds, two different mission fields. Uh, so I get on my motorcycle, I start down this dirt road, get off the main road, which is filled with potholes and all kind of stuff. And I get on this dirt road and I'm going and I stop at the first couple villages and they're Aztec Indians. It's a, it's a, they're Nahuatl, they're Aztec descent. So I just figure that out and I go to keep going down the road and, you know, cause I want to go way on out there. You know, that's where I want to go, that's just me. So. The next group is Mixtecos, and you gotta understand they have their own dialect, their own language, and so you got two different people groups right here that have totally different languages, like English and Chinese, totally different. And it's not a dialect of Spanish, it's totally different than Spanish. It's like English and Chinese, the difference between that and Spanish. So I ease on, and the next group is Clapanecos. And so I stop in the store, believe it or not, way out in these mountains where you're just, I mean, the roads are bad and you're just, you know, even on the motorcycle, you're just shaking from the roads and, you know, more so in the, in the trucks were bouncing, there's rivers you gotta cross. And sometimes you cross them and you come back and they're, you know, it's just, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, a, 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 it's a grind. So I stop at this store and, uh, Coke and Pepsi somehow make it out there. And so I seen this lady and I was like, you know, I walked in there and here I'm a big 6'4 guy, white dude. You know, and they're small people, small. And I, you know, I, I don't know if I hit her track or what, but I said, do y'all have the gospel here? Have you ever heard of the gospel? She said, what's that? Do you eat it? Two days driving, I could take you to places like that. Thousands of them. 
So I get back on my motorcycle. And I just wonder why. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's rescued us. He's given us life. And who are we not to take that life to other people? I don't, and I just got on my bike and I was like, God, you feel us so alone out there. You know, at the time I was alone. And you see all these hundreds of villages that there's nobody in there preaching to them. And, and this life that we have, this presence of God that's so thick in this place right now, the experience in Jesus. And we just, it's not us for no more. It's, this is awesome. But we need to get this out. There's enough people in this room right here to shake the city of Pensacola. There's a, a verse in Acts, it's in chapter 20. Paul says, I, can, I feel compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And the Spirit tells me, warns me, that hardships await me. It's these hardships and, and, and the comforts, the lack of comfort that, that's keeping these people from what we have, this presence of God, this heart, this love that surpasses our understanding, that has set us free, that set me free from years of, 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 of slavery with the devil and, and alcohol and drugs and all this stuff. They, they don't have it. There's nobody, there's no, there's no option for them. There's not a church on every corner like it is here. There's nothing for them. Jesus shed his blood just as much for them as he did for us. Then Paul says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me unless I complete the task, task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. It's time, guys, that, that we stop listening to the devil's lie, all right, that we can't do anything, that, oh, I'm not like those guys up on the platform. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm not like, no. Like Brother Arnie said, I, I wish you could spend a couple days with me. I wish you could go out there and, and, and see me breathing heavy, hiking up those mountains. I wish you could see me getting mad because my truck broke down and I'm stuck out in the middle of nowhere. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me unless I do this. I feel like looking at an ocean with a communion cup and I got to get all that water out of there. There's just thousands of villages like that. And I'm going to stop because I could keep going and on and on and on and on and on. not been good at time lately of other churches because they give me 30 minutes and it takes me 20 minutes to say hi. <laughs> it's because my heart's burning. And I know there's Goliaths out there, right? We all got our, like we said, we all have our own mountain. 
as Goliath. But I'm telling you, God's just waiting for David to come along and see these devils that have these areas that's conquered and people are going, oh, I'm not going there. Uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not stepping out that way. It's too hard. And people are rough. They got guns. The, the cartels down there. Man, why are you going down there? We're risking your life. Now that you're married, you got a baby coming on the way. Jesus is king. I do not want to stand before him with the excuse of, oh, it's too hot. Oh, it was, the mountains were too big. Oh, the food was too bad. I don't want no blood on my hands. gotta be so serious man Jesus is serious about reaching these people these Indians are, are the lowest of the low nobody cares for them and it's our heart to go after these people matter how big a life is, all that stuff, God is waiting for David to grab the stone and stand up with courage. There's too many weaklings in the church these days. I almost want to say the word coward, but that's, that's pretty strong, but something like that. And he's just waiting for somebody to take him out. The courage and the belief in God do it like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. And what happened when David did that? All those guys that were just camped out followed him. <laughs> There's a saying in Spanish, we say, Cristo vive, él no está muerto. Jesus is alive, he's not dead. The life that we have, guys, this awesome gift from heaven God wants it out in the whole world he wants it to spread we have to seek the heart of God to let him break our hearts for people so I'm going to shut up now okay again it is a, it's an honor to even have this opportunity to share our hearts uh, the other day when we met for breakfast man we didn't ask each other hey so who you have credentials with <laughs> so what, what organization you with that we get asked that all the time so what organization organization you with man with Jesus
I'm, I'm, I'm for life. I'm for the fire of God. I'm for miracles. I'm for souls. I'm for people to get healed and, and happy for Jesus and see these Indians come in with no teeth in their mouth and a smile, just smiling with missing teeth. It's the most beautiful thing in the world to see these Indians drunk, no life, no hope. You go in, you bring Jesus, he, she transforms them, you show up at their doorstep, and they smile and have no teeth. It's just awesome. All, all the, the struggles and the hardships and, and, and the, the, the heat and the food and you get sick and all this stuff and the death threats and I got my windshield smashed out one time, all this stuff. You know, it just goes away because that one smile. And all they have to say to me is thank you. And I can go for for years on that one thank you. Jesus' name. Hey, don't go anywhere, man. Just stay right here. Come in. Come in. Now you know why I said kindred, spirit, <laughs> DNA. Um, feel the anointing right now. It's just, this is where we're at right now. I, I got stuff to preach. I can preach again later. But this is where we're at right now. You know, Steve came to me. Man, come here, Steve. Come here. Steve had um, went to Nepal a year ago, last year, and got wrecked, totally transformed his life. And then this past uh, month, when the earthquake hit, uh, we partnered with Life Church and, and a few others, and, and uh, Tim Perney and, and uh, Daniel went over to help with relief. And, um, and I can't wait to get him in here to share what happened but th this is what I what I'm feeling stirring in this atmosphere right now that that what 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 you're talking about Brad is the same things I've heard this man talk about and others talk about that there's this there's this thing churning inside of people saying, wanting to take the gospel and get it somewhere and so Steve came to me this past week and said uh, they wanted you know take these ammo cans and, and start providing resources to the front lines to start getting ammo to the mission field. Come on, somebody. This one is, is for Nepal. And, and, and we're going to put it somewhere and, and so people can come and, and just start putting money into the front lines of the kingdom to just start sowing finances. These pastors in Nepal... What, what, what they could do with just a little bit of resources could revolutionize a nation. You know what I'm saying? This man tonight stands before you, and this is where I'm putting it. Man, let's put some ammo on the front lines from Mexico tonight. Can we do that? Can we do that right now? Seriously, man, I just feel it in my heart right now. Would you just, just something, just let's put some ammo in here for brad and jenny for what god's calling them to do because i'm here to tell you right now that that we sowed somewhere 
Nicaragua. I just go and tell you, we sowed to Nicaragua and God released the resources for what we needed to do here. I'm here to tell you right now, he'll do it for Nepal. He'll do it for Brad and Mexico. We need to have our hearts right. We need to have our finances right. That this is not our money. This is God's money, man. And whatever they need, we need to be there helping them because the man's truck doesn't need to break down. He needs to have the best four-wheel drive to get somewhere. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. God bless every person coming. So, Jenny, would you come up here real quick? I, I just feel like we're supposed to pray over you guys. I want to I want Steve up here representing the nations with us. That um, And if you got something you want to say, bro, y'all know you got stuff to say. I feel the anointing right now. Thank you, God. Isn't that awesome, man? Look at him filling it up. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. Putting ammo. <laughs> Woo, man. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know what? Um, we're just going to bless you and this baby. And I'm just thankful that we get to be a part of what God is doing in your life and your ministry. Steve, we're going to lay hands on them and pray for God to move. Lord, we just thank you right now. Lord, we just thank you for Brad and his lovely wife. God, we just thank you for the anointing. You know, he, he said the word grind. And, I, and Brad, I just heard that his anointing is going to keep it from grinding. That the oil... And the joy is going to come upon this ministry. And, 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 and I just prophesy right now, God, I thank you for team. God, I thank you for armor bearers that's going to come around this man and woman of God. Lord, I thank you that you're going to put people in their life who's going to begin interceding for them, financially supporting them. God, I thank you for those who will actually go. God, I thank you. For those who will stand up and say, here am I, God, send me. Send me for two days. Send me for three days. Send me for three months. Send me for three years. We're not in charge of our destiny. We're called to respond. God, I thank you for those who will respond for whatever you're saying, whatever you're doing. God, we thank you that you will make them strong in what you've anointed them and the assignment that you've given them. Father, we declare no weapon formed against them will prosper. I thank you that this mama is blessed. This baby is blessed. God, I thank you that everything that she needs will be provided. That, Father, she will be a mother who does not have to worry or think about needs. They have already been met in the name of Jesus right now. God, we just thank you for covering them in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. Church, would you say amen with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. God bless you. Steve, will you take that with, to Ben and you guys take care of that? Oh, he got somebody trying. Hey, hold on, Steve. We got some else trying to put some ammo in there. That's right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in Iraq or Afghanistan or Syria and you got an M16 and you don't have a freaking bullet for it? Come on. Come on, church. Let me tell you something. 
We will never build big, beautiful buildings. We will build them functional. They will be safe and they will be cool because we're going to do great sound because we believe in great music. I believe the kingdom of heaven loves when Tony and this worship team sings. It's going to sound good. But our heart is to fill up ammo cans. That's the heart is to fill up ammo cans and to go around the world preaching and teaching the gospel, building the kingdom of heaven, transforming our city, turning crack houses into houses of hope. We got a general contractor who can build them. It can happen. This can happen. As this brother said, there's enough people in this room to turn Pensacola upside down. There is. I'm telling you, people under the anointing of God are more crazy than crazy people. They are. Because somebody under the anointing does not care about crazy people. Because they have a real authority going on inside of them. Would you hand me my Bible, sister? Y'all say, this is my baby sister right here. Say, hey, Libby. (laughs) That's my sister. I can't believe it. All these years, I've never hardly got to see her. And now she's living with us for a little while. She's a missionary, brother. She might be one for you. She's called the Muslims, though. So I I don't know if you got some of them. But the same thing. The same thing is stirring in her, in this generation of people saying, I want to go where they have not heard. I want to go where they have not heard. And, 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 you know, there are people with their fingers stuck in their ear. You show up to your job, you, show, you drive around town, people have their fingers and their ears to the gospel in this nation. And there are people standing around with their arms up saying, well, somebody save me. Somebody save me. Somebody bring me good news. And I believe that there is a groundswell that is moving. And I believe one of the, one of the, the reasons why America has been a blessed nation is because I believe America has sent out missionaries around the world who have gone and God has blessed this nation. And I, I'm going to tell you, when we stand before him in heaven, you might be surprised the real reason why he allowed this nation to prosper was to be a good steward, to take hope to hopeless people. You know, I was reading in my Bible, I was talking with a brother this past week, and he got stirred up about Haggai, what got me stirred up. And I read this passage of scripture. I'm gonna read this to you, and I don't have a lot of time, but I wanna read this to you and just say a couple of things. Because I don't have time to go through it all. Haggai chapter 1, listen to this. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful careful thought to your ways. How many have we done that? I believe that's what Brad was just speaking just a moment ago saying we should give some careful thought to our ways. You have planted much but have harvested little. 
You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Dude, can you imagine walking around with a bucket with holes in it trying to hold something? That's a frustrating situation. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. And God is not playing a game with us. And, and sometimes, man, we have to come to that moment, man, where we, we, we finally come face to face with reality and think about our life. And here is the big, here is the big tip of the night. You're not living for now. You're living for eternity. What you do now impacts your eternity. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Why did he blow it away? Declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin. While each of you is busy with his own house, therefore their dew and the earth, I'm sorry, therefore because of you the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for the grain, the wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces on men and cattle and on the labor of your hands. He shut it all down because there was no focus on his house. And this part I just start to love right here. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. They, they revered and honored the Lord. And then this is what the Lord said to Haggai, to the people. The Lord's messenger gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you. There is nothing else we need to hear. When the man who created heaven and earth says, I am with you. That's all you need. But listen at what God did. Verse 14. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. Have you been stirred in your spirit by God? If you've never experienced a real stirring of his spirit, I'm telling you, it's time for you to have one. And here's how it begins. It begins with recognizing that, wait a minute, because I'm fitting to break something down to you. Most of the time, most pastors use this passage of scripture for their building program. And it's got nothing to do with the building program. Not this one anyway. Not that one across the street. Here's what he says. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? See, everything is in ruin and falling apart out here when we're not focusing on the one temple, the thing that he wants to build, which is you and I into a man and woman of God of faith 
and trust in God and be a child of the living king see what's going on is God is saying I want to stir you in your spirit to be focused on what he wants to be focused on see when you read this in the Old Testament it is a type and a shadow of what is to what was to come when you read the whole Old Testament it is a type and a shadow forecasting the coming of Jesus Christ and his kingdom and so when you're reading about this temple you find out that what God is saying is just bring it over into the New Testament Jesus said right here in uh, John chapter 2 verse 19 Jesus answered them destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days they they replied it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days he's like yeah it's finna get done <sighs> Jesus was consumed for zeal for his father's house I preached this sermon series years ago at a youth ministry and some of my crews here will remember this title called protect this house it's time to start focusing on the real house where the Holy Spirit lives and dwells because I'm here to tell you right now listen to this 1 Corinthians 6 19 says do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore honor God with your body it's the reason why I say I, I don't I don't really get a choice if I'm a bond servant unto Christ then I'm just gonna do what he asked me to do but here's the real question of real trust and love. If for God so loved the world so much, he loves us so much, would he actually ask you to do something that he would not be proud, that he would not supply what you need? He will never leave you nor abandon you. See, we'll go to the front lines and building projects will get done when we work on the, the real building project, which is right here. It's what's going on in your heart. It's what's going on in this temple. When we begin to realize that, that he's saying, he's looking at the children of Israel and he's saying, you go to your nice, beautiful home, but yet my house is in ruin. What does that look like right now today? I'm gonna put it on front street for you right now, dude. We will spend all of our time and our affection and our money on things that do not satisfy. That's focusing on the wrong house. Focus on the house where the wind and waves and the thieves can't break in and steal and destroy. Right here. I feel like the atmosphere is right right now it's right for people and and i'm not i'm not talking about just signing up and going overseas somewhere you know let me tell you right now sign up for the 20 minute drive right here in pensacola drive 20 minutes that way drive 20 minutes that way 
drive 20 minutes this way. I don't care. You just drive in a direction and go be the representative that Jesus Christ has called you to be. Be the ambassador that you're called to be. Carry your ammo can full of ammunition and go put one in the devil's kingdom. That, and you know what's amazing to me? We'll do that as a military. We'll do that as a military. We say we defend our freedom. We send our sons and daughters and our brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles who die for our natural freedom. We get it. It's, it's right there in front of us. Will we give up our life and our rights to be right for people's spiritual freedoms that actually has an eternal consequence connected to it? Would you stand to your feet right now, man? The first thing he said, give careful thought to your ways. That is repentance. Repentance is not just woe is me. Oh God, I'm sorry. You know what? I've, I've dealt with criminals, man, all the time. People get caught and then they're just upset and sorry. But that doesn't mean they're repentant. Repentant is I recognize what I'm doing is against God and I'm going to turn from my way and I'm going to turn my face to a helping God. I'm going to turn to the living God to be my answer. Repentance is I'm no longer going to count my life my own. I'm going to lay my life down, take up my cross, and follow Jesus Christ. That is repentance. I want us to realize that when the spirit of repentance falls on us as a house, bro, you can't stop us. You can't stop that church. You can't stop a church that repents from dead works. You can't stop a church that repents from just doing things their way. When we as a church begin to repent, not just, Luke, please hear my heart here. I'm not picking on nobody because of your little petty sins. Let's move on. No, nah, man. I want to go deeper than just my little petty sin. Yeah, I realize that there's consequences, but I'm going to tell you right now, the pride that lives in my heart will keep me from seeking the kingdom the way I should. My feelings of insecurity, my feelings of rejection, whatever that stuff is that gets inside of our heart and our life will keep us from living out the power of the kingdom. I'm going to hit you with one right here. Unforgiveness. not willing to forgive somebody you know what the Bible says the Bible says if you will not forgive your brother who you see your Heavenly Father will not forgive you that's scripture we tell everybody that they're gonna to go to heaven you're gonna to go to heaven they're living with unforgiveness in their heart they will not forgive the either the Bible's true or it's not I, I, I'm just stating the, the truth Living with unforgiveness is like living with cancer and thinking you're not going to die. Let's, as a body, repent. Let's just repent for whatever, man. Whatever the Holy Spirit shows you. Let's just repent and, and take these words that you're hearing from Brad and, and what God is saying right now and, 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 and just say, Lord, just speak to me right now because you know what? You may leave this building tonight and, and realize, you know what? I need to go make something right with a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister. Maybe you need to go make something right with a friend or, 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 or maybe it's time for you to, to decide that, you know what? I'm just going to stop living a selfish life. You know one of the most dangerous things about America is? It's not drugs, it's selfishness. 
Drugs is just a, a manifestation of a deeper spiritual problem, man. If we would actually begin to get rid of selfishness, repent of selfishness, oh God. The Bible says in, Quran, in, in Chronicles that if, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and repent, repent of their wicked ways he said i will heal their land i want god to come and heal our land i want god to heal our city i want our city put back where it was always called to be i want our families to walk in what our families are called to walk in so let's just pray right now just begin to pray right now Here's that simple prayer. Here am I, Lord, send me. And you know what? You can take that and let the, let the Holy Spirit take that as far as he needs to go. Because you know what? For some of you in this room, here am I, send me means, yeah, you're buying a plane ticket and you're not coming home. For others of you, here am I, send me. That means that on your lunch hour, instead of just spending your whole hour shooting the breeze you're praying you're thinking about somebody or you're you're talking to somebody about jesus see here am i send send me just simply means lord i surrender my will i surrender my way it does not mean you jump into a spirit of religion and a works mentality absolutely not here am i sends me means that you are in love with jesus you're in a relationship with him this is a friendship man you're doing this because a lover will outwork a worker any day. You're doing it because you're in love. Lord, we just repent right now tonight. God, as a church, Lord, we just repent and just, Lord, ask you to let a spirit of repentance begin to fall on your church again. God, would you let a spirit of repentance fall on our prideful hearts, God, that, Lord, we would be filled with a passion to do your will. That, Lord, I pray right now, even as it was prophesied in Haggai, that, Lord God, that we would be focused on the house that you really want to restore and build. That, God, instead of investing in things that have no eternal value, that, Lord, we would begin to say, Lord, what is it inside of me, inside of my heart that needs to be healed, restored? God, we just pray right now that we would put our eyes on the prize. Jesus, the author the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Lord, we pray right now for healing and deliverance to fall on our city. God, we just pray right now that, Lord, we're not just going to need policing, that, Lord God, we thank you for a spirit of revival, Lord God, that would set people free, that people aren't just going to have to be forced into righteousness, that, God, righteousness is the fruit of someone that has surrendered to Jesus. Lord, we thank you right now that, Lord, the spirit of love would fall on our city, that we would be lovers, Lord God, full of love, God, ambassadors of love. Lord, I pray that we would be full of forgiveness, that we would extend forgiveness, Lord. God, we ask that you would have your way, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven.
I met with a, a missionary last Sunday night who's in Vietnam, Cambodia. And he told me a story of where he almost died in the Himalayas, like twice. And he says, you know, I have people tell me all the time that I need to settle down. I need to slow down. He says, honestly, he said, being a minister in the United States is far harder than what I go through. He says, because everywhere I go, I preach the gospel and people just receive Jesus. He was like, sure, we lose comfort. And there's times that there's times that it's hard and the natural or sick or whatever. But you know what he said? He said, I've seen more supernatural things happen being there than I ever did in my comfort. Let's do something that we actually need God to show up for. Let's start doing things that we actually need His presence to show up for. If we can just do it in our strength and our ability, then who's going to get the glory for it? We are. But at the end of the day, if we responded by faith, then you know what's going to happen? We're going to fade in the background and they're going to see Jesus. And they're going to lift their hands and they're going to thank you. But they're going to love him. They're going to say thank you to you and they're going to fall at his feet. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to look at you. He's going to say, well done, son, daughter. Thank you. Can you imagine when you stand before the Father, you stand before Jesus, and He looks at you and He actually says, Thank you for carrying me, taking me to places that I have not, people have not heard, they have not seen. Thank you. There's some people who live for the moment they can meet a celebrity or meet some governing official, some important person. Can you imagine the creator of the universe looking at you, putting his hands on you and saying, you're the bomb. Thank you. Come on. Let's just lift our hands for just a moment, man. I know the service went in a completely non-planned direction, but dude, that's how we roll. Let's just take a moment. Tony, sing something, bro. Just sing the, the honey down from heaven, dude. Just, just people got your hands lifted up. Just lift your hands up. And we're going to take a moment here and just thank him for what only he can do.